Agent Pursuit Business Mastery is produced by CIR Realty and presented by Kirsten Favron and Lindsay Smith. CIR Realty is the largest, most productive real estate brokerage in Alberta, Canada, and has remained independent and Canadian-owned since 1983. Learn more at agentpursuit.com. Enjoy this episode and subscribe for more great content. Hey everybody, welcome to another great episode of Agent Pursuit. We're here today with Max Nizamov and Cass Karen, uh, who are two people who have been top producing agents in our company for many, many years, and who we believe have done a great job of mastering the telephone, which is almost a lost art these days. Yeah, and the thing that I like about that too is there's a lot of people who just kind of rely on friends, family, repeat business to come to them. And there's not a lot of business building, but one of the things we're going to talk about today that you guys are great at is keeping the pipeline full consistency, pipeline full consistently, and not just expecting that people are going to come to you. And as a result, you guys have um, had really great success building business. So welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thank thanks you. for being with thank us. You. Awesome. Thanks. So Max, let's start with you. Um, so in 90 seconds or so, Tell us a little bit about, and we're not timing you, so don't okay. worry about that. But uh, give us, tell us about your real estate history, your your experience up until today. Well, it probably is going to be a lot shorter than ninety seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it started off rough. Uh, my English wasn't as good. How, how long have you been in the business? Nineteen years. Nineteen years. Yes, and almost twenty, I guess, this year, maybe next year. Yeah. But started out was, uh, you know, I tried doing flyers. I tried it. I tried everything that. I thought would produce results, it didn't work. So after all, probably after 12, 13 years, I stumbled into one of my clients that I sold a house prior to a couple of years ago, and uh, I knew he became a realtor, a real estate agent. So I said, okay, what is your production? How many homes you sell in a, a year? And he gave me the number, and that was exactly like my number, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so what is it that you do differently that from me, that in two years, you were able to achieve a lot better success than I was in 13 years. So he advised me that there's a, a coaching company and I should look into that. And that's how I started, you know, using scripts and mostly using the phone. Cool. So from nothing, every year, every year it was getting better and better and better. And I guess practice makes it better for sure. Cool. Cass, same question. Um, tell us a little bit about your history, where you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, so I started real estate in 2011, so that put me at uh, seven years right now. And when I first got involved in the business, I tried pretty much absolutely everything. I tried uh, doing two open houses per day, even on the weekdays wow. for every day of the week. Wow. Uh, did mailers, uh, everything from phoning for sale by owners to real estate websites to if there was something that was taught in our classes or by anybody else, I was out there and I was doing it on, uh, you know, on a consistent level. And through that, I found that making phone calls was probably the easiest for me anyway to work. Uh, from my previous career too, I uh, did a lot of, I was on the phone quite a bit to generate sales and to generate business. So I kind of brought that along with me. What was your previous career? Uh, I was involved in life insurance. Oh, okay. This. Yep. So. Nice. I eventually had my black belt and everything insurance, but it was primarily life insurance. Awesome. Yeah. Max, you had mentioned that you had gotten involved with um, a coaching company. So I guess my question would be, in terms of how you decided to start using the phone, that was part of it, wasn't it? Exactly. That and, was and, what was, and what was it, what was the history there? 
like who, kind of who is the coaching company? What is the gist? What was the gist of the recommendation for you? That was let's hit the phone. Okay. Well, the coaching company is Mike Ferry Organization, and uh, when I started with these guys, I was making barely twenty-five sales a year, and then year after year after year, the sales were increasing just because uh, they have a lot of structure in the scripts when you're using the phone you know what questions to ask and obviously selling is not telling your story it's asking questions right. so asking the right question can lead to the next conclusion by the seller or whoever you're talking to so from one to another you can slowly bring them to the point where they have to make a decision whether they work with you or with somebody else and by asking questions you can also find out if you are able to help that person so my career organization helped a lot and again given uh, the fact that they use scripts a lot, and uh, sometimes when I say I role play every morning, people have fun with this. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we pull but, role play every. <laughs> but again, you know, we have a schedule where we have a, a person. Sometimes it's from Utah, sometimes from somewhere in the states, maybe somewhere in Calgary, where we practice scripts. Wow, and so, this is on, this is on the phone with another agent. In the morning, yes, eight thirty in the morning every day of the week except the week, we weekends with this agent either a listing presentation or for sale by owner or a circle of influence you're just expired whatever that is so we are practicing the scripts as if sometimes I'm the agent and the other person is the owner then we in 15 minutes we switch roles so and then I become the owner he becomes an agent so we see different responses we see and we don't take it don't handle it easy sometimes we try to give this other person a hard time so that it becomes a real life role play. Yeah. When you're actually in front of your seller or whoever you're talking to, you expect these things to be asked of you and then you know what the answer is. That's, that's perfect. Um, yeah. And you know, we always talk about as our key real estate habits that one of the one is you need um, consistently uh, to be to have skill development and role playing. And I think so many realtors uh, don't engage in that. And, and what's the cool thing is you can do it on the phone. You do it with people from around North America. Exactly. And that's super cool. Um, Cass, how did you um, get over sort of the apprehension of making the calls? You said previously in your life insurance business you were on there. Did you have the same apprehension going into real estate or was the phone always something that you thought, this is gonna be no big deal for me? I, it was really, so at first it's pretty daunting. It depends on the type of people that you're calling to. Like if you're phoning for sale by owners, that's going from zero to 60 right away. Yeah. But if it's for people registering on a website, then that's a little bit more easier, right? Like that's mm. a little bit more of like, uh, what do they call it? Like the green zones if you're going down skiing, right? Right. And then you can move on to the black diamonds afterwards. Uh, so I found it to be the best use of my time overall in terms of, of being productive than for me personally, anyway, but then by say, uh, say sitting in an open house, I could phone, you know, say 50, 60, 70, 80 people a day, and I could wow. knock that off in, you know, two or three hours. And I could do it from the comfort of my own office or from the house, too. Like if it's 30 below outside, it was just so much more effective for me to just be doing that, you know, being cozy, sipping on coffee, and then setting the appointments afterwards. Cozy. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cousins, your pajamas, and here we are. Yeah. Now speaking of pajamas, Lindsay, what I found out is better when I'm dressed up, fully dressed. Then when you get on the phone, you in the back of your mind you are working. That's right. But I try, like you said, I tried that. doing it once in a shirts and you know t-shirt, and I just don't have the same drive. I don't feel that I'm working. You know, when I'm talking, people on the other end they can sense me being relaxed, 
especially when you're on the phone, you have to smile. Mm -hmm. Your tonality works a lot. It's like body language just over the phone. Absolutely. So pajamas, unfortunately, that, are no, no. No, that's, that's good. That's gold. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's absolute gold because, you know, you, it's almost like you get in caution when you play the part. I've been it's doing true. A, ton, yeah. Yeah, a ton of you know, research on Disney and things like that. And they're just like, you know, the second you get in caution to the point that some of the staff members, they've actually had changed their name so that when they go out onto the stage, you know, with the people, it's like, well, geez, you know, Lindsay has all these personal problems at home. But, you know, um, Sergio or whoever, you know, ends up coming out or Alex goes out in front of the group and, and yep. now he has no problems. He's Switches like, on. yeah, he's yeah. doing his thing. Don't don't change your name. No. Okay, you're, you're you and you got a trade <laughs> your license name. But, but just saying, but dressing up and doing that is, is a perfect example. I, I, I love that. That's a great advice. Totally. I wanted to and both of you both wouldn't mind asking this question. So, um, Cass, maybe you start because you kind of ended on it. So you mentioned starting with website lead leads as an easier call right. and then you kind of get a bit harder so both of those you know whether it be for sale by owners or website registration would be i guess cold calls right what is the percentage and then max i'll ask you this what is the percentage of calls that you make that are warm calls versus cold calls and you can even start be like when i started in the business it was and now it yeah, is totally uh, when I first got started in the business my database was a lot smaller so it was probably like my sphere of influence was about say 20% and then the other 80% were making cold calls and then prospecting. And then where it is right now, it's gradually gravitated towards more of like a 50-50 split. And of course the goal in the end is that it's, you know, probably 80-20 the other way, yeah. where it's 80% being my sphere of influence and then the 20% is the prospecting on the side. And I think that's something that you always got to keep up with is prospecting you always got to be growing your business because there's always other people who are uh, clients are going to become agents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to move. It uh, happens. Yes. Yeah. They're going to move out of Calgary, or they're just going to, you know, just fall off the block, right? So you got to keep on replenishing that and growing your business. So a certain amount of cold calling will always be something that is important to you. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's little, it's got to be an element. Yeah, I think it is, or warm calling or whatever you want to call it, to keep on growing your business to the level that you want. Because even, even when you got the amount of business, you know, the X amount of deals that you want to do every year, it's just like any other business. That's slowly going to deteriorate until you keep growing it, right? So you got to keep on pumping. You're so right. When people tell me, they say, oh, my business is 100% repeat and referral. I'm like, oh, congratulations. It's probably going to decline by 15% every year. Because people die, move away, you know, become agents, as you said. Yeah. Um, and or just don't sell. Or just don't sell, yeah, exactly. Like, there's a million yeah. different things. So it's like, if you're not doing a great job of producing, you know, sign calls from your listings and, and nurturing your database mm -hmm. and meeting new people, um, you'll notice that your, your business can't sustain itself. And that's, that's a good point, too, because, say, when you're in, uh, say, if you're an agent, you're starting off and you're in your, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, you're going to be doing a lot more business originally from there because there's a lot more turnovers from the families, younger families. But from my experience after talking to some of the other agents who are further in their careers, once they gravitate, you know, and they're in their 50s, well, people aren't moving every, you know, five to seven years like the younger families are. They're probably more set inside their home. Yeah. And then the next move is going to be maybe one of the last moves maybe they're going to become like say snowbirds or so live somewhere warm get a couple that. more deals down yeah, 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 yeah maybe maybe yeah totally so max same same question same question to you so you can even kind of say when you when you first started um 
to now when you're in the office making calls? What's the difference between the cold calls and the warm calls? Well, cold calls are pretty much everything for me that I call uh, for sale by owners or anybody who just popped up on my radar. Warm calls are my circle of influence. So those are the people that I've done business with, that know me, that trust me, and it's a lot easier to do business with them. So with them, the conversation would be around one and a half, two minutes, maybe three, the longest if I call. And if I call them, I say right away, okay, well, good morning, Lindsay, this is a business call. Yeah. This way, I cut all these other details about your dog, your family, and everything else out of the picture. This yeah. is a business call, so you get your mind gets wired up towards business. Oh, I need to start saying that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Yes. And, then, so, uh, and people respect that too, right? I mean, it's not that you're being short with them. It's just you're being very clear about the purpose exactly. of the call, which I think people respect. And I like that. the purpose of the call these days, there are plenty of these points uh, to talk to them about, right? Either the mortgage rates change or tightening the rules or the market being flooded with the properties, what is happening with the market. And you can summarize it all in 45, 50, 60 seconds the most. And if that's a business call, well, at the end of our conversation, Lindsay, I appreciate you taking your time speaking with me today. Just a question, who do you know who would like to buy or sell real estate in this market in the next one to two weeks? If I tell Lindsay, okay, well, it's you next You say two, one to two weeks. Yes. What's wow. the point of asking for six months? These people will be hanging on the fence, logging onto Casa's website, so they're my clients as well as Casa's clients, right? <laughs> yeah. But if it's one to two weeks, it's somebody who comes up to the mind immediately, and okay, well, these guys are looking for a house, so they want to sell. This way, I know I can talk to people who are motivated. Who knows what's going to happen in six months, right? I have to, I have to share something because we started off this conversation um, as we're sitting around chatting before we started the interview here and um, I was you know, asking like, how's the market, How, how's the business going and, and Max has said, oh well, you know, he's got his hands in many different pots which is great um, or pies, I don't know what the statement is, anyways it doesn't matter <laughs> but um, the, the point is is that um, he's just like, oh well you know, uh, things are good, he's like I got it at a, a level that I want right now and he's like and as soon as I want to kick things up I just get back on the phone and make some calls and all of a sudden it drums business up, it's like a tap that you can turn on or off if you have Absolutely. a cons consistency yeah. with it. Um, but that's a great word you just said, consistency. It's yeah. called, I call it accumulation effect. So if you do not do that every day in and out, you lose that effect, right? Because if, you know, if you talk to 45, 50 people a day, you will get one to two leads. Mm -hmm. These two leads will, will get you one appointment. And out of every two appointments, you may get one or every, you know, if your conversion percentage is 70, 80%, which is great, then out of every 10 listing appointments, you get eight listings. These eight listings, some of them will sell, some of them won't in this market, but you know how to get more business and you know how many people you have to talk to to right. get business. It's just a mathematical equation. It is. Well, it's pretty much logic, right? It's all yeah. math. That's great. Um, on, on, that, on that note, I want to kind of finish the, um, so the cold calls. You have your sphere of influence, and those are the people you're kind of doing the minute, minute and a half calls to. Yeah. People know, like, and trust you. And the cold calls, are your cold calls just the for sale by owners? Would that be who you're saying if it's a cold call or is there any other group of people that you're calling that you would also be considered cold calls? It would mostly be for sale by owners. Okay. Love that. The reason that is this, you know, these people are trying to sell. They're in the market either for sale by owners or sometimes people who couldn't sell before and they become for sale by owners, right? So you know that they're trying, they're, you have their name, you have their number, you see the house, you feel their motivation based on the questions you ask and then you make a decision whether you want to take on and go further into meeting with these people and uh, talk about listening their home and helping them to sell 
Or if the motivation is, well, when do you plan on moving? Well, we know if we sell, we sell. If you don't know, who cares? Then you know. These guys need to be warmed up a bit or the situation has to change for them. So they still become a cold lead. And this way, you are the one to make a decision whether you go and spend your 40 minutes or half an hour on the appointment or don't waste your time at all. Yeah. Right? It's great. That's totally great. Um, Cass, take us through where your day starts. First of all, how do you... How do you plan your day to make sure your calls get done, first of all, and then you sit down, how do you decide who you're going to call? Okay. It's like the universal question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's true, because I always think that you have to um, know who you're going to call, be super yeah. clear on who you're going to call and what you're going to say. And so with those moments, it's like, okay, so how do you, let's take the who you're going to, who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> so so how, do you, how do you plan your day to make sure it's consistent, like we talked about, but, um, and how do you decide who, who that first phone call goes to? Totally. So um, I think there's a lot of different answers. Like guys will say, you know, people will pick up the phone, you know, during lunchtime or 6 p.m. after work right. and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you can time it that way, but I find that, you know, first things get done first. So I think as soon as you get into the office or as soon as you wake up and you're in your zone, uh, you know, plan it for the same time every morning. Love you know, it. Whether that's 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 10 a.m., whatever it is. I think the earlier that you do it, prior to 9 o'clock, the more results you're going to get because that's when people aren't in the office yet. And then, um, so I, I, I phoned, uh, say, some of my ninja clients, some of my previous clients before. And then I'll also follow up with the website leads as well. So with the website leads, a lot of times they say you're supposed to phone in the first five minutes, right? right? That's just not realistic. Yeah. You know, for, for me anyway, yeah. right? Well, especially because if you're the only one that's managing your website leads. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'll, I'll usually make a plan to either phone them later on that <laughs> night, which honestly doesn't really happen a whole lot of the time, or I'm just going to phone them first thing in the morning. Right. So it's going to be first thing in the morning, say at you know 8 or 9 a.m., and then after that I'll follow up with like my sphere of influence later on throughout the day, and I can leave voicemails throughout them just saying, hey, how are you doing? We'll be in touch soon. Perfect. And would you say that the so the earliest, and it's interesting you say that because I wouldn't think that you could call somebody at eight o'clock. Yeah. So but, so, but you do that, and you find it successful. Yeah, it's um, you could phone people at Max is probably going to chime in here too. Seven a.m. Uh, before even in my last career, uh, we'd phone people even in the summer. There's usually a rule, like people would say, "Well, you can't phone past eight o'clock, nine o'clock." We'd phone people whenever. Yeah. Like eight o'clock, yeah. nine o'clock, and. If, if you're genuine, if your demeanor is nice, you're never really disturbing most people. Some people, you know, maybe sleeping, God forbid. But if you phone people at 7 a.m., I find that there's not a whole lot blocking their mindset. And they're just, huh. you know, clear, open book with you. Like nothing else is on their schedule that day. So you're probably a little bit more likely to make a little bit more progress right there, especially for the business type guys. That's great. Interesting. I, yeah, don't overthink this. Like, it's, it's, you know, people are just like, oh, well, the, I read this article and people are at home or the mother. Yeah. And it's like, just get out there and do it. It's like, just do it. Just don't do talk it. about it. Just exactly. do it. Yeah, if you wait for the perfect time to oh, get something done, you're never going to get it done. Absolutely. And, and plus, you're, I mean, whether you're a morning person or not, they say that after you wake up, you know, within an hour and a half to two hours, you're at peak mental um, state and stuff. So it's like, plan your day to do your highest productive activities when you're at your best as well, totally. mentally. Yeah. Um, and you feel a lot more better once you got it. Like you eat that frog that's first right. thing in the morning, yeah, it's done. Tracy. And then everything else after that just doesn't really matter as oh, much because so you true. got, it's like uh, you know, going to the gym thing. or whatever it is in the morning and oh. knocking that off right away. Right? 
It's like what you said, they don't have much on their agenda early in the morning. Same with us, right? We have a whole bunch of stuff happening later on. So if you keep putting that off, yeah. it may never happen. Absolutely. And prospecting is probably the most critical thing to your business, bar none. Oh. Like if you're making money doing prospecting, then you could assign all the paperwork or whatever it is to somebody else filling out the FinTrack forms. That's yeah. a lower end kind of task, but totally. prospecting is definitely a little bit higher. Absolutely. So Max, um, I consider you like a Russian machine. Um, <laughs> well-oiled machine. Yeah, well-oiled machine. I mean, uh, Max actually has a, a bodybuilding uh, history. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that in terms of discipline and consistency, I can't think of something that would require more discipline and consistency than you know, um, bodybuilding and sculpting and things if like that. If you do that. that on a higher level right, right. now, I'm just right. enjoying no, but, that. Yes, but you, but have, still. You, you have experience in that. But I mean, oh, yeah. even, even today we're getting here, we're downstairs and we're having a coffee and you know, Max is, is chatting to me about his morning. You know, what, are you, what are you doing after this? He's like, well, 10 o'clock I work out. I was like, Matt, like Matt and, and I mentioned, I'm like, Max, like, thank you for being here today because you don't miss things that are important to you. Like you really schedule your day to do that. So the fact that you are not doing that is a big deal, which is super impressive because for most people it's, you know, whatever, I'll do it tonight. But you have such a strong routine that you feel changes in that. And because of that, you're ridiculously consistent. Well, so we whatever we're we talking about, consistency, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, for anybody working out would mean different things. Yeah. But if we look at that from just from the main great point of view body is the one machine that moves us through life so if you don't take care of it yeah there's no point of uh, trying to prospect on a phone when you can't move around or you're getting up and everything hurts right so yeah so right. That, that's a whole other that's, 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 that's your next topic. age of pursuit topic um, <laughs> that we're going to have true, you on though. for um, but tell us a little bit about who you decide to call you sit down how are you deciding who to call what is that balance between i'm going to make my uh for sale by owner calls versus my sphere of influence calls Okay, well, sphere of influence is uh, always the better chunk of calls, 60%. And like I said, it's the people that you already know, that you've done business with, and you call them, they know who you are. Obviously, they probably won't be sitting around the phone expecting you to call them. Right. So you may catch them at different times, but you're still, they're a lot friendlier. Of than, course. And for sale by owners. And for sale by owners will be 40% of uh, my phone calls. Okay. And how many calls do you make in a day? Well, What's your goal? I, well, whatever calls amount is different, but talking to 20 to 25 people. Okay. Because so you can make 50 calls, people. but if you still talk to 10, you have to continue calling until you hit your yeah. 25 people ah, that you spoke Okay, with. so it's not about the number of calls, it's about the number of conversations. Number of conversations. And your goal is 20 to 25. 20 to 25 every single day. Five days a week? Yes. Five days a week. I don't work on weekends. You don't work on weekends? On a phone. Again, you know, sometimes it may be that... In the States, it's a lot more common people call in expired listings. We can't call expired listings, yeah. but again, sometimes things happen and you have, well, my Saturday morning is free. If I don't yeah. work out in the morning on Saturdays. So I can pick up a phone and make a few phone calls to either catch up those, you know, with the people that I haven't spoken with. And uh, coming back to your question, Kirsten, how do I decide who to call? Every night usually is a rule that I make a schedule for the next day. Nice. This way, I don't wake up in the morning trying to scramble, okay, what do I do, who do I call, you know, do I have possessions, keys, release, or anything else like that. I know exactly what's going to happen, and I know that from 8 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning, I do my prospecting. Then to 11.30, I'm working out. Back at 12 o'clock, if I haven't finished what I needed to do in the morning, I do my final phone calls, 12 to 1, then lunch, and so on. 
And you probably know when you go to the gym uh, this afternoon or this morning, you're gonna, you know exactly what you're gonna do in the gym today. It's like you don't show up. And you're like, I don't ah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like, it, and that, that's <laughs> yeah. the other part of it. It's not like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do because you know, if you don't know what you're gonna do or who you're gonna call, then you just you, paralysis by analysis. Cass, do you have a certain number of conversations? Do you kind of do it by conversations or by number of phone calls? Uh, do you it's have a by goal? conversations as well. So I always set like uh, a minimum threshold is going to be about anywhere between 10 to 15 conversations. And then anything after that is gravy because through the compounding effect, if you keep doing that every single day, I mean, that's how many conversations That's a lot you? of a conversations. Lot, a lot. So things are going to happen. And how long, I'm sorry, I just, I'm peppered because this is, my, myself included, uh, I know something that our management team works with when we're chatting with um, our realtors and so many realtors watching this are, are thinking, in their minds, it would take me all day to have 25 conversations. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question to you would be, typically, and obviously sometimes you have to make more calls, but in order to achieve those 25 conversations, um, on average, how long are you spending to get that done? Oh, um, yeah. So, so yes. Well, I'd see it varies by the day, but on average, to get that many conversations, I'd say about I'd say about an hour and a half for myself. For to get, okay. To get about the ten to fifteen kind of conversations rolling on Max? average. Yeah. For me, it's about first first two hours in the morning. They're crucial. I get most of these conversations done. Wow. Two to four again, business when, when you call people that you already know five days a week. Yeah. and you are already talking to them, you know, like I said, you tried mail outs. I did that, that. I just recently found in my garage the flyer, call Max the Marlboro Man. It was back in 1999, I the think. Marlboro Man? Yeah, well, before Neil or where we had <laughs> That's right. yeah, yeah. Dick, uh, Bill Dick, you yeah. know, this guy. Yeah, so I was trying to do the flyers for Marlboro, 7,000 or 10,000 flyers. It did not work. But talking just to 10 people, because the rule of thumb, that I've learned is uh, out of your circle of influence or your database, 10% of these people will give you a deal, one deal a year. Yeah. So if you're talking to 100 people a year, you're going to have 10 deals done. If you have your database sitting at 300, you may get 30 deals done just by calling people you know. Yeah. Totally. Everything else is, you know, having casual conversations, I don't know, on a traffic light or yeah. at a coffee shop, anywhere else, it all adds up. Just talking to people and these days, like Lindsay mentioned, this skill is almost forgotten. But funny part is, we still need to talk to people, right? Because even oh, yeah. the leads generating on the website, Cass still picks up the phone and talks to them. Well, people aren't, aren't giving their credit card on your website to buy a house. No. Exactly. So it's like, you got to talk to people eventually. Well, like, can I send you money so we can get me? No, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You have to talk. You have to ask them what they would like. And then uh, maybe it will help somebody that I've learned. I set up the minimum standards for myself. Minimum standards in terms of, okay, how many phone calls do I want to make? How many rings is this going to go through before people pick up the phone? If it goes to after, after three or four, obviously they're busy. They're not, we're not going to have a good conversation because they're doing something else. Or what price range you want to work in, right? If you work in, say, 150000 you're comfortable with this kind of people. Or you want to set up minimum 300000 and up for your deals that you want to do. How much time you want to spend running around helping. Do you have that knowledge to help people? It all adds up. All right, so you're getting ready to call. Uh, we, we've talked about you know, who you're deciding to call, things like that. How are you storing your database? How are you, how are you tracking these names and how do you stay organized with it all about who you called, who you didn't call, things like that? Notes. Okay, um, yeah. so I have a CRM. I think 
you know, every agent should have some sort of CRM. What are you using? If you don't uh, I use uh, Morris Marketing. Okay. For so the, I exact contact. Yeah, exact contact. Yeah, exactly. So that's like the motherboard for like all the current clients. And then if you have a real estate website or anything like that, they kind of have a built-in CRM. Right. And then from the existing clients, I use that uh, Ninja Day Planner too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. We, we're going to order a bunch more Ninja Day Planners, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll no, get those going. But um, good. So that, that's how you track it. Uh, yeah. Max, how are you tracking your stuff? Just creating a simple spreadsheet that you know you can copy. It says amount of phone calls, amount of conversations, potential lead, you know, buy or sell, and then appointment made. Where that's are you it. storing your client's information? How are you finding the phone numbers? In a spreadsheet. Uh, for, it, well, not a spreadsheet. Uh, best my nest, number one. That's where all my past clients are. Awesome. Yeah, and then uh, that's a CIR has that, right? Yep. And then next one is uh, Google Contacts. On your mail, yep. on your emails, when you can click the button Contacts, it gives you all the information. I try to keep it up to date so I know what the phone numbers are and pretty much my phone. And sometimes. that's so simple. It is, mm. yeah. There's, it's not a rocket science. I don't need to go extra length and create extra software or pay for something else. So true. Place my is here. Google Contacts is here. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. Can I, can I ask if you don't mind how many people are in your database? In my database, over 700. Over 700. And Cass? Uh, 300 for myself. So when it comes to making phone calls, because I, I guess my question would be, if you're looking to have how many conversations with so many people and you're doing this every day, how many of these people are you touching how many times in a year? Does that, does that make sense? So out of your 700, would you say each of them are going to have how many conversations Four conversations a year. Four conversations yes. a year. Every three months, you've got to be able to keep calling back and keep going, hey, okay. Joe, how you doing? You know, just yep. remember we spoke last time, April. Yeah. And uh, that's about time that I touch base again with you. And I haven't heard from you in a while. I know you guys are busy, but who do you know that you could refer to me right now that I can help, especially in today's market? Are you, um, are yeah. you tracking that note in Google Contacts? Um, that, that you called this person? On a spreadsheet. On a know, spreadsheet. Okay. It's A, A to say, A to uh, sometimes K, yeah. and then L to further on. So right. I split it in four categories, and I know that, you know, this week I'm calling these people, next week I'm calling next right. uh, set of people. So they don't know that, that, you know, they're on the list for me to call them, but mm -hmm. it yeah. helps. And, and uh, sorry. No, I was just going to ask Cass the same question. How many times a year do you try and connect with the people on your database? Uh, by phone, it's going to be about three or four. So it's going to be home anniversary, birthday, uh, annual home evaluation. Then I'll throw in some like uh, home show tickets or something like that. Perfect segue. Um, yeah, cause, that is a good segue. <laughs> so, yeah, because the next question is, you know, what are you, what are you choosing to call about? Yeah. So you kind of have it where um, when an anniversary comes up or something you're choosing to call, tell us a little bit more about... Um, what are you choosing to talk about? Yeah, so if, if it's their birthday, then that kind of falls on its own. But if it's some like home show tickets, I start all the conversations pretty much the same way. I'll be like, hey, Jim, it's Cass. Just lent a phone in to let you know that I haven't forgot about you, man. I'll be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Good, good. Listen, I got a couple of extra home show tickets. You want them? Boom. Perfect. Like, we don't need this drawn out, yeah. you know, crazy no. script. I'm a little bit more to the point kind of guy. So I just Perfect. draw right into that. And then you just start conversations about that. And then on top of that, like Max is saying, be like, hey, you know, That's by the way, business. do you know anybody else who, you know, wants any home show tickets or anything like that? Or, you know, know anybody else who's moving at the same time? Nice. And usually they're going to ask you, like, you know, how's the market and stuff like that, too, which is a perfect segue into something like that. Totally. Yeah. And Max, uh, 
you know, what are you choosing to call about? You actually mentioned uh, doing a market update or giving some information. Mm -hmm. How are you deciding when you pick up the phone how, how you're going to lead that conversation along? Well, it's so easy. These days we get so many pieces of information from mortgage brokers, mortgage rates are going up or staying or whatever. I'm not a professional in mortgage rates or in mortgages, but at least that will be one of the factors yeah. that we can discuss, right? And I always, at the end of conversation, since especially if it's a short conversation, I always ask for referrals. Because right. if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, people, people are too busy in their lives. And if you don't call them and you don't ask them, hey, Joe, you know, uh, just a quick question, who do you know? That puts their mind, okay, well, Max is in the real estate business because they also get bombarded with a whole bunch of other free evaluations and flyers just listed and so on. So they're free to choose anyone. But if I keep calling them, I stay front of mind. Staying in touch. Totally. Yeah. Oh, uh, side note there too, I just remembered that, um, I don't know if people are using the prospects, that free software that we get, yeah. market reports on there. Once or twice a month, <coughs> I'll, uh, <coughs> I'll log in there and I'll just uh, watch the odometer, right? And you compare last month to last month. If somebody's been opening their market reports, you know, say five times, three times plus over the last few days, probably on their mind. Yep. I send out something else and it, it tracks it per month and it's like uh, just a full market report on how we're doing. And you know, it's crazy enough how you can monitor how, some how many times people use it. And there was one person like in the uh, last month that had a look at it, I'm not kidding you, like in eight days, they looked at it 42 times. Huh. They may have forwarded it off to somebody else or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. But I'm wow. like, okay, you're at the top of the list. This yeah. other guy who looked at it eight, you know, eight times this time, like three or four times plus per month, and they're having a look at that. I'll be like, okay, real estate's on their mind. That allows you to me to kind of cherry pick a little bit on who to, you know, prioritize that is to call. So smart. And that's, that's really even, and that's even most websites CRMs um, where, and I say CRMs, but the the contact system, you can see it's like, geez, this person visited the site, you know, 20 times in the last eight days. It's like, okay, they. Uh, they might be thinking about something. That totally. person should rise to the top. And you can actually see the type of homes that they looked at, that's right? right? That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on one of the newsletters too, I got like free home evaluation report. They click on that and it takes it to a form. Now, while they may not fill it, actually most people don't fill it out because it's too much work for them. It tells me who clicked on that though. So, right. you know, every month if I get seven or eight people clicking on there, just give them a call and just be like, and I won't even bring it up sometimes. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Be like, hey, Jim, how's it going? Still yeah. happy where you are? You know, everything like that? Cool. Perfect. All right. And then it's, again, it's a way to cherry pick to be a little bit more effective with the time. I really want, I just kind of want to want to clarify this for some of the people watching too, because I've had so many conversations with people, um, you know, calling and looking <coughs> for some marketing suggestions because everything you're doing isn't working. And there's a lot of people that are extremely good at staying in touch and extremely good at offering a lot of value and absolutely terrified of asking for the business. Yeah. And the relationship is great, but in terms of saying, and do you know anybody that could or would, they just feel like, they, why, I, one, I, I, why should I have to ask? They know I'm a realtor, um, which is a huge issue. And the other one is, well, you know, like I send the birthday cards and the Christmas stuff and I do all this stuff but they don't have real estate conversations. And I love what you guys brought up in terms of making sure some of the conversations are real estate specific and the importance of actually asking for the business. And that's where you use the phone too, right? Because if they're not in the mood, they're not gonna bite you over the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these people who are afraid to use the phone for prospecting, there's nothing to be worried. You know, picking up the phone initially for me was a, it's just like I had a 
90 pounds tied up to my wrist. I couldn't even lift the, <laughs> the receiver yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. It had to but, be like 150 pounds for you. Oh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't curl as much. Yeah, but, you know, right. it, it comes down to a point where you do that, okay, well, first day you do, you don't have to start off with 25 conversations a day. You can do like five. It's just that, yeah. You know, do one week for five, get comfortable with this. Next week you can do six and so on. So you increase yeah. it gradually but it doesn't stress you because the more you talk to people the more questions you ask the more easy you get at this and the more comfortable you get in the conversation right so that's probably and not seeing that person face to face is also much more comforting to some people right yeah Mm -hmm. well and i and i bet for and you if if both of you wanted to you don't have to touch on this but do the amount of conversations that you have that start really well you know home show tickets whatever it was and it would be very easy, or you know, here's a bit of a market update. You'd be like, okay, well, you know, just kind of wanted to touch base. That's all. Have a great day. Chat with you later. And that could be a good conversation. And that's where most people end the conversation. But how many times do you actually end it with, and do you know anybody? And if you didn't ask that, who would have offered the referral if you didn't ask? Does that make sense? That was a convoluted way of saying it. Yeah. But um, if you didn't ask, you wouldn't have had. Because it would have just been like, oh, so great chatting with you. And the phone hangs up versus great conversation. And then you ask, you're like, actually, you know, because you mentioned it, like you find that that. With me, I never heard, never heard <coughs> somebody say, hey, Max, thanks for calling me. We just had somebody, you know, we had a people over for barbecue. They're looking for a house. We want to refer them more. No, it That's doesn't never happen. Happened. I first have to ask for the question, okay, guys, who do you know? Oh, then they click in and say, oh, now we remember, you know, we just spoke to somebody. You know, it doesn't have to be your immediate friend. It can be anybody from your office, from your work, from your gym, anyone. Who do you know? But oh, you know, because people also, they have a tendency to talk elsewhere, right? And then casual conversation, especially in Calgary, one of these out of 10 definitely is going to touch the topic of real estate. Oh, oh well, we're just thinking of selling, you know, our kids getting married, kids need a house or whatever the reason is they may know. And then you, when you ask them, it comes back. Yeah. Great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All the way. So, um, so, so Mike Ferry, you're using some of the Mike Ferry scripts. Yes. Um, uh, Cass, you alluded to Ninja. Yep. Um, and you're, you're following some of the Ninja stuff regarding the call scripts and things like that they have. Totally. Um, not so m- I mean, originally I started with the scripts and I kind of made it my own. Yeah. Um, further to what Max was saying, I think for some people starting out, um, it's... I think it's more important to focus on the activity more than the outcomes a lot of the times, right? Because we get so tied up in like, I need a sale by this. But if you're doing a lot of the activity, if you're making the calls on a consistent basis, and if you don't feel comfortable right then and there saying, do you know anybody who's looking to buy and sell? If you're providing enough value, say if you're doing like uh, complimentary home evaluations or you're sending out those prospect market reports or newsletters, stuff that people want, then you say, hey, do you know anybody else who could use this information right there? Another home evaluation. And that's a soft, very nice way of... And then you build your database through that. And I know for me, like that's my biggest thing is just building that database as big as I can and then sending them a lot of stuff that's on autopilot there too because sometimes I'll just get phone calls and stuff like that from that automatically but that's just again just focus on on the activity and making those calls and stuff like that too. Tell us about um, objections and that uh, uh, you know the the negative responses on the phone maybe through the website or things like that. How do you get past them? How do you handle them? Let's start with you. I honestly like uh, after making like 
hundreds if not thousands of calls like you don't really get too many i think it's all in our head like it's less than one percent really like we got it all drawn up in our head that people are like never phone me again this is completely inappropriate but that never really happens if you're genuine with people so i don't really worry about it too much mm -hmm. there's realistically better odds sometimes of you having a negative you know experience like that in person a lot of the time like if you're driving and like you know somebody cuts you off you cut somebody else off so i think that's totally in our head um it you know if it does happen it doesn't it doesn't really dawn on me too much because like max said nobody's going to bite me throughout the phone or anything like that right <laughs> so i just kind of shake it off and just keep, keep going with it and pick up the phone and you know move on to the next one if and when it does happen now on the for sale by owner side you might have uh so you, you said you, you get some obviously you get some a little bit of objections um a little bit is a very soft way of saying it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, di it's different clients, right? It's different people that you're calling. So if your sphere of influence calls, even people that have registered on a website, then you're like, oh, okay, you've registered. taken an action. Yeah, they're like, yeah, as I did. Yeah. You know? um, so for sale by owners, tell us a little bit about the objections, how you're handling them, it, um, things like that. It's not even uh, for sale by owners. Anywhere at the listing presentation, sometimes the objections may come up. So that's why we well personally i do call before the listing appointment at least i touch base with these people twice so they have a a chance of went out and say okay well you know what this is a question you know how much you put, how can you put this much commission on your listing agreement anything that they to me objection is an uh, is a question that they have mm. that doesn't have an answer for them yet so it's an opportunity for me to provide them with an answer so they feel better about working with me versus somebody else that's a, that's a great mental spin on it. And, yeah. You know, and uh, not everybody's, like I said, sitting waiting on a phone call for Max to call, especially for sale by owners. And those guys, you know, they're all great. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. They all think they know it all. And they uh, have, I would say, the most 12 objections that I heard. Wow. There could be, you know, 25, 30. But if you're asking questions, if you're talking to a person, I've never received more than three or four. They may have one objection that they keep throwing your way over and over and over again. But if you, you know, why should I use you versus somebody else? What well, did you know? There are two types of agents, not just boys and girls or commercial and residential. They're active and passive agents, right? So passive, just throw your home in the market and wait for somebody else to show it. And I am an active agent. So, so there's nothing scary about them asking me a question. It's just knowing what to answer. And then again, using scripts and practicing them over and over again helps. Perfect. So you know exactly what you're gonna say. It's not like, oh, a, yeah. and, and like you said, there's only so many things that a seller can say to you or a person can say to you. People aren't sitting around inventing objections. They're not like, oh, you know, I'm gonna- They're, they're throw, all standard. I'm gonna throw this at, yeah. It's like, they have the same stuff. It's a price, it's commissions. It's like, you know, like we wanna wait or we wanna, you know, it's, yeah. it's all the same stuff, so. Yeah. After having this conversation tonight, is it the price that you're not agreeing with? Is it my commission? Or is it the presentation that you didn't like? Yeah. Well, they're yeah. going to tell you. You know, if you don't ask them, you don't know. And then if you don't talk to them prior to listing appointment, you're just entering that listing appointment not even knowing what they're going to have thrown at you. Yeah. But if they already told you their objections, you know, okay, well, these guys are having this many questions, so I can come prepared. And if I answer all their questions, that, you know, all they will lead to listing taken. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about tracking for a second, because obviously you, you've both been doing this for quite a long time. And I'm assuming if you were doing this for a long time and nothing was working, you probably wouldn't do it anymore. No. So you obviously know it's working, which means that you've tracked it. So 
Um, Cass, let's start with you. What are you doing to know what your conversion is? And are you tracking appointments? Are you tracking deals? Are you tracking referrals? What is what are your metrics? Oh, all of it, and it's usually um, just pen and paper. So there's going to be you know on a sheet of loose leaf. There's going to be the calls, and then there's going to be the contacts. Then there's going to be the conversations, nice. and then there's going to be the appointments after that. And then you just funnel it out and see what's working. Sometimes you may want to tweak things a little bit, like tried phoning at 10 a.m wasn't lining up that well on this day, so I'm gonna try phoning at 7 a.m. this next day, right? And then you find what kind of gives you the best chance for success sometimes after. But again, what, that's after you got all the activity done on a consistent level. That's the right. first thing. And then after right. that, then you could kind of tweak the system a little bit afterwards. And do you track, do you track um, types of calls that lead to, for, from a content perspective, like an example would be the uh, tickets to the home show. Yeah. That tickets to home show led to more referrals than call for X. So is it like, do you know what I mean? Like if you were to, if you right. needed to drum up business today, would be there, would, is there a certain type of content phone call that you could say this was the most successful in generating I think X? anytime you're gonna be providing some sort of value to people where they feel like truly appreciative, they, they're gonna feel the need to reciprocate that a little bit. So if you're giving away some home show tickets and then you say, hey, by the way, if you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell or whatever, send them my way. If you're providing free home evaluations and stuff, if you know anybody, let me know. And then people automatically feel that need to reciprocate a lot of the time if you're providing value. But whatever it is, Absolutely. as long as you're providing value, that's where you're gonna get the most return on after. If you just say, hey, how are you doing? That sort of stuff, that, that may work. It's, it's absolutely better than nothing, yeah. but the key is to provide value on a regular basis. Great. Same yeah. question, Max. Max? Yeah. How are you well, tracking stuff? Yeah. Well, uh, Mike Ferry, they have that number analyzer for their uh, premier clients on their website, which is great <clears throat> amount of phone calls. First of all, they do have a business plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's begin with that. So having a business plan, you know what your goal is this year. To get, and then you work it backwards, right? If your goal is, say, have 50 transactions, you know that to generate one transaction, you need to make 45 phone calls on average. You know, if it's phone calls to your database, it's 15 to 20. But then you have 45 phone calls. Okay, well, out of these 45, I have two leads for a listing appointment. Mm -hmm. Out of these two leads of listing appointments, I have one listing. How many listings do I sell? So you look at that and then uh, you create that business plan at the beginning of the year or better yet, December or October last year, right? Yeah. Because uh, then you have your 14, 15 months business plan. Mm -hmm. And then by the time when everybody else lives on vacation for Christmas time, December, whatever that is, you actively working. So you have this in real estate, never happens that you made a deal today, you get paid tomorrow. You can yeah. check tomorrow, right? So you gotta make sales in October, November, December in order to get paid January. So by the time everybody gets back from vacation and feels like, oh, maybe I should start working if I feel great in a week, you're already having some deals coming in, right? And you keep on generating these leads, appointments, and so on. So tracking this helps to you know, fill in your business plan. Yep. And again, you can have a sheet of paper, like Kaz says, you, know, you can say how many phone calls, how many conversations, how many appointments I have out of these appointments, how many listings did I take, and again, to it all needs to be practiced in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Being good on the phone, 
fantastic. Right. As soon as you come over, you look good, you're dressed up, but you don't know what to say. How good is it going to be to you? Right. right. It ain't going to work, right? So you are tracking everything. You have to be, yes. And again, it's not that hard. Even if you do five phone calls a day, five contacts a day, you can spend a week trying to find that person that wants to sell a home. You can, your production is going to be a little lower, but you work at the pace that is comfortable and convenient for you so you don't get stressed out doing 10 deals a month and then you burnt out and you don't feel like working at all for half a year, right? Totally. So. And I was going to just mention too, like exactly to Max's point, like before he was talking about um, say role playing and everything like that too, totally important. <laughs> if you don't have a role play partner. It's a good idea to start recording your own voice. You know, when you're making those calls, because a lot of the time we don't real realize what we're saying when we're on the phone. We may be saying, um, Antonio. you know, like yeah. we're your own time. listing presentation. Oh, man. Yeah. What am I opening it twice, you know? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Before I equate myself, I'm thinking, geez, I'm doing okay. You know, I should be getting, I should be able to get these 100 listings a year. Yeah. And then I recorded my myself video and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe five listings this year. Exactly. Right? <laughs> well, I'd be lucky if I take five. So there are some yeah. things that I had to work on. You know, always, it doesn't matter what it is. The smile, the dress up, the script you're using, the way you answer them, how many of uh, those words, uh, mm, so, and yeah. whatever that is you say, you have to watch what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Now you're right. making me all self-conscious. I, <laughs> I was just thinking of the exact like, same okay, thing. Okay, so I'm, I shall enunciate correctly. Right? There was a few meetings ago, and oftentimes we are kind of going with the flow and trying to figure out what to do, and it's, it's tough for us as well. And I was watching a meeting, and there was a topic, and it was, I, I'm, I'm not a realtor, marketing background, and it was something that I wasn't necessarily familiar with, and I wasn't educating on it, so that was fine. But I was watching the way that I was handling the situation, and you could tell in terms of the ums and the what, whatever words that you're filling in because yeah. you don't really know what else to say and you're pausing. I had this moment thinking, I need to watch this more often because if I don't, I don't realize that I'm doing that. It was the next meeting I went into, I was so conscious of saying, instead of saying an um or a whatever, just pause. You know, you don't have to fill in, <laughs> right. the, you don't have to fill in the gap. <laughs> totally. Silence is better. But if you don't educate yourself on yourself, you have no way of correcting those mannerisms that come off as being very obvious to other people. Yeah. All right, last question. Um, and I want to, I mean, you guys have given so much information. We always ask, what advice would you give a realtor trying to generate more business? I'm going to skip that one because I feel like everything we've talked about today yeah, this is, is the exact advice incredible. they need to generate more business. Yes. Um, but let me ask you this. Um, how do you stay motivated to be consistent with your activities? What's that, what's that internal drive or what's that driving force? And for each person, it might be individual. But what are you guys doing to, to, to keep your head in the game? Cass, kick us off. Um, so I set goals, kind of like we were chatting about with Max. And uh, so setting goals, and I do daily affirmations for myself. So it's, some people think it's a little bit cheesy or whatever. No, but I love the ninja it. stuff. And, and I see you in your office doing it. Oh, and oh. I just, I just oh, love oh. it. I, you know, and, and I love it because I see it because it's just, it, it, literally you brainwash yourself into being like, like this is the most amazing. And then you just get in a part of your programming. Yeah. Totally, totally. So, um, so set goals like at the beginning of the year, you build a business plan to get the results that you're looking for. Um, as for the affirmations, um, you know, a little cheesy and stuff, but I'll, I'll walk you through it is that whatever my goal is for that year. So maybe it's an 
income goal, for instance, I write down, you know, I enjoy earning X amount of dollars in 2018. Uh, I do, do it even on the Ninja paper, write it down. I think there's 25, 27 lines in the sheet. Write it down, then I say it out loud. And then after that, you know, I just make a list of, you know, everything I'm grateful for that day, five things that I'm grateful for. And Perfect. then I uh, read a visualization on what my perfect world is, not just for like income and everything, but just for like life in general, you know, fitness, income, travel, relationships, all that fun stuff. Love it. And you have a vision board. I do have a vision board too. Yeah, yeah, in the office. If you, if you walk by the office, you'll see it right there in the, in the south location for That's sure. That's so cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yes. Max, how, what's your driving force? How do you stay motivated? Well, uh, yeah, beat, beat on that, a, Max. On a, ah, it's, it's still tough to beat that. You know, well, my coach always said to me, you know, Max, easy to stay motivated. If you wake up one morning and you open up the Forbes magazine, you don't see your last name. <laughs> get up and work. Yeah, yeah. You don't see your last name. Get up yeah. and work. So I, like I, I don't ever see my last name there. So I have to get up. But you know, to be uh, realistic, having affirmations every day is a fantastic way. It's just getting yourself in the zone, saying, you know, I my business goal is this, and uh, also having a goal for the year and having set the smaller goals throughout the year, like every month, and then you have to reward yourself for yeah. whatever you've achieved. Totally. You get a small reward. It doesn't have to be your you know, expensive Rolex watch or trip to Bora Bora, but something that will make you happy and thinking, okay, well, I've done my best. This is what I get. Now time to get up again and get it done so I have my goal achieved at the end of that period of time, whatever you're tracking. Perfect. I think yeah. the, reward, the reward thing is very important. Recognizing your own success and get, letting yourself be proud of that and feel that. With exactly. a bit of a gift for yourself, that is very. It's motivating. good to be recognized and having those, you know, plaques and achievement awards uh, and everything else. But inside of yourself, if you are happy with what you've done, it will keep you moving. Because if you're totally unhappy, well, it could be two things, right? One, you're not doing your best. Number two, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are doing your best, you know, okay, well, I've done my best. How can I improve? Taping yourself, taping yourself, you know, faking your presentation in front of a mirror. What's your body language is? What's your, what you're saying? What script you're using? How's your smile? How's your appearance? And then, okay, well, this part is improved. Now, when I show up at the seller's house, when I open my mouth, I'm going to be looking as good as when my mouth is shut. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like that. But then uh, uh, I would call it the compounding effect. Yeah. You just have to do things. Certain way you have to create a schedule and keep doing them because if you stop doing this that's when you break up and you have it's like they get in a big fat tire right lift it off the ground is super hard you spend so much energy lifting that tire getting that business going and then all of a sudden you after two months you drop it because you burnt out right oh. but if you got it upright then just maintaining that moving it's a lot easier yeah. so why not keep doing this right yeah and enjoy the benefits of your whatever you've done and your achievements totally oh totally. so great guys thank you Anytime. Very much. That's this for everybody watching. Uh, you know, you've been incredible agents year after year, and you're happy people. Yeah. And I and yeah. right and and, <laughs> I, and I love the way that this ended because you both have great lives. You're good people. You like your jobs. You know, you're not going to be in this for five years and then get burnt out. We love our jobs. Yeah, we love, and that's totally. and that's so important, right? So what you're doing um, is working. And thank you for sharing it because there was a lot of information you share with a lot of other people that's going to give them success, and that's really beautiful. If that can thank help you. anybody to get successful, absolutely. We'd be thrilled.
Totally, absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening as well. Uh, we want to thank Ryan McKay for letting us use this of McKay Law to use this awesome space here. Um, yeah. We also uh, want to encourage you guys to uh, subscribe to us on our blog and on Apple Podcasts and uh, follow us on Facebook and or like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And welcome to another, or thank you for joining us for another episode of Agent Pursuit, and we'll see you guys next week. Yes.